Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Once again, if it's been a while or you're new to the live stream or new in here, I think most of you have been here. Yep, all of you have been here before. Um, Wednesday nights we do chapter by chapter, verse by verse, as we go through a certain book at a time. So this is good. Now, here's the thing about Romans. Romans is very lovingly written by the Apostle Paul, but it's very confrontational. He's in your face. He tells you the things that are right and wrong, and he deals with it. Now, people that are playing games with Scripture, you know what they do many times? They'll go, they'll pick something out of the New Testament, and then they'll try to leave Jesus out of it. Or they'll, or I say the epistles in the New Testament. You know the letters to the Christians? Or they'll go to Jesus and try to leave out what Paul and the rest of the apostles said. For example, when they're, they're pro, pro-gay, they'll say, Jesus never spoke out against homosexuality. See, they'll ignore what Paul had said by the Spirit of Jesus. Okay? And I like to say stuff like this in love, because I'm, we're not going to dodge the issues. These are very important issues now. Because folks are being taught it's okay for a man to be with a man and a female to be with a female. You know what? Let me go off script even more. Did you know that Ashtoreth, one of the gods that the Hebrews worshipped in the Old Testament when they had strayed from God, is also known as Aphrodite or Venus? She's the goddess of sexuality. Did you know that in her temples and her followers back in the day, men would dress like women and women would dress like men? Isn't that interesting? And guess what her month was? June. And guess what else she was? The goddess of pride. You ever heard of Pride Month, June? Pro-lesbian, pro-gay? I'm not hating right now. I'm, I'm speaking in love. And I'm telling you, according to Scripture, we've got to deal with that. Hey, sin is sin. Is everybody with me? Sin is sin. If I lie, if I, if I give in to a temptation of any kind that breaks God's moral law, it's sin. But different sins have different consequences. And Romans talks about that. And I like Romans because I'm able to be up front with people on the live stream and right here in front of you and say, here's what God's Word says, I didn't make it up. And we go verse by verse by verse. So don't ever be ashamed of what God's Word says. And you got to understand it culturally. You do. I've been in some discussions concerning this lately, and God's, I feel like God's revealing some truth to me. There are absolute truths, like God's moral law, and there are relative truths in Scripture, meaning for certain cultures and certain things. Can you imagine right now, you say, well, you cannot work, you cannot lead your donkey, you can't do anything, you cannot work on Sunday. Well, that was a law between, that was a special law between God and His people for Saturdays, right? Right? Because some parts of Scripture say, grow out your hair. You're a Nazarite. Numbers chapter 6. Grow out your hair. This is to men even, if you have a vow to God. But then it says in the New Testament, we know it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Is Scripture contradicting itself? No, there is relative truth for cultures, times, and situations. you got people now who will not... Let me look at all of you. Let me look at the men included and the women. There are, are denominations right now that have their women dressed like they're from the 1800s, even from here in town. You've seen them. 
I'm not going to call them out but by name, but you've seen them, or they don't do makeup or whatever, and they'll say, no, a woman should not dress as a man, or they gotta, they got to be holy, but I'm going, well, what you're wearing right now was the modern popular dress of the 1800s, so at that point, was it a sin? You know what I mean? A woman needs to cover up. A man needs to be wise in how he dresses. But there are cultural considerations even in Scripture. Now, God's Word is above all culture. And that's where you have absolute truth. I don't care where you came from. You, you wear beads. You pierce your ears with these gauges. And you're in Africa or whatever. And you wear some crazy stuff. Pierce your nose and all that. Fine. Fine. But God's Word says, don't lie. Speak the truth in love forgive walk in love right so right now i mean it's not a sin for me to wear shorts but i'm not going to preach in them okay you'd be really distracted by my hairy legs there's something called wisdom too in learning and applying and understanding scripture and i feel like paul hits hits on that really hard even the application of god's word scripture says the entrance of god's word brings light right so Paul, he not only had a, a very impressive brain capacity, he wrote much of the New Testament. Arguably, he wrote the majority of the New Testament, right? He had most of the Old Testament memorized if he was a true Pharisee, and we know he was. Most of the Old Testament, the law, he had it memorized. He knew the Word, and when he had a revelation of Jesus, he was able to say, ah, here's what's been done away, fulfilled. I don't want to say done away. Fulfilled in the Old Testament. And now here's where we are now in the New Testament. He was a liberator of women. He was a liberator of men. He was a liberator of non-Jews. He was the one who said, hey, we're called to the Gentiles. This is for everybody now. Him and Peter, but especially, especially Paul. Very, very, very special. So having said all that, Romans 8, 6, look at this. And he's always right in your face in this book. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? Hold on. Hold on. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Let's meditate on that for a second. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Remember with your, in your past, your decisions were based on sin and stuff? It didn't work out well, did it? It didn't work out well. And apart from Jesus, we are headed for death. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Why? The Holy Spirit is never going to contradict God's Word. Growing up in church, you hear some crazy stuff. You know, in your different lines of work, you saw some crazy stuff, or maybe you still do. Oil field, police, teaching, whatever else. Whatever job you do, if you work for yourself, you have jokes that come from your line of work like that you understand i'm gonna tell you growing up in church it's crazy what people will do when they get away from god's word and i cannot encourage you enough tonight to remind you as a believer you need to be in god's word this is not a message of condemnation it's love but as a spiritual father i say to you right now if you haven't been in god's word and you're a believer shame on you Shame on you. you got to get in the Word. And you have no excuse now. I was talking to mom this morning, went for a walk, and you say, man, well, I, I, I don't like to read. It's tough, or I don't understand all this, or this, I, I don't know this translation. No, there's all kinds of translations. When mom and them were coming up, and I remember as a kid, there were not this many translations. You may say, well, there's problems with some translations. Yeah, but the Word is way more clear now. It is. What I preach out of, this is more like how we talk. 
We don't talk King James. Can you imagine if I saw you guys in the store and you're all, hi, Pastor Matt, and I said, how art thou? How art thou? How, hath, how hast thou been? You go, oh my gosh, that's weird. No, this is, this is more understandable. Look, I'm not crazy about every phrase, the way they translate it in the New Living Translation. I'm not. But I believe as a whole it's much more clear, and the gospel message is in there, and it's strong. Okay? So you've got to get into the Word with something you understand. Listen to the Word. Some people like to listen and read the Word at the same time. Do it. I walked by Barry in the hall one day. I think it's happened more than once. And Barry listens to the word, but he speeds the voice up. I don't know if you knew you could do that. On the, is it you version? Kind of stressed me out a little bit, but at the same time, it was cool. The guy was talking, and I guess Barry's absorbing some of that. He was listening to the word. He's like, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That kingdom come, that will be done. You know, whoa, moving a little faster. Hey, I love that example, though. Listen to the word at your speed. Get into the word at your speed. You say, man, I, I'm going to just do a chapter a day, but I'm going to do a chapter. Do it. Listen to it five times. I knew one guy. This is a little extreme. And he wasn't a braggart, wasn't a proud guy. I'd been talking to him, and I said, man, you really know Galatians well. He goes, yeah, I read it 50 times straight. He said, I felt led to read it 50 times straight so I could get it to stick into my head. He was a preacher, a young preacher at the time. It's been about 10 years ago. I said, 50 times? That's radical. He said, yeah, I wanted to get in the Word and deal with some stuff. So I read Galatians 50 times. I thought, golly, that's serious, okay? So get into the Word. How you get into the Word? Have a reading plan. You say, man, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. You know what? Pick up a one-year Bible. You say, I have no clue, and I'm, I'm daunted. I'm, I'm scared. It may be a little out of context, but you, can, you could pick up a one-year Bible and start with the day that it is. And then read it through and start over in January. Or you could start with the book of John and start warming up. Because the book of John is powerful. How God is our Father. He's a God of love. He's a God of forgiveness. It's a book of God's fatherhood. It's powerful. You need to get into the Word, okay? So that you don't let your sinful nature control your mind. You let the Spirit control your mind, and it leads to life and peace. Because God's Spirit will always lead you back to God's Word. He will never lead you to something. Started this whole part of the conversation with something that's apart from God's Word. I've heard people in church that didn't know the Word say crazy stuff. Hey, Pastor Matt, doesn't the Bible say this? <laughs> no, it does not. Or, man, I want you to pray for me some weird prayer. Remember that example I gave you guys? I've given it many times, but some of you still haven't heard it. As a young pastor, my dad said that a woman came up to him in church and said, Pastor, would you pray for me? Dad said, sure. She said, I want you to pray that God kills my husband. True story. Dad said, what? She goes, yeah, God's going to give me a younger husband, a younger man. I'm sure she already had her eyes set on somebody. Can you imagine? Is that scriptural? Uh, no. So you got to know the word. Got to get in the word. You got to stay in the word. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And you got to have a foundation in the word for this to ring true and to be solid in your life. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. Look in magazines. Let's hesitate on that verse for a moment. Look, not necessarily look in magazines, but you can look at 
magazine covers, a lot of that's hostility toward God in the store, isn't it? Headlines, hostility toward God. I remember one of the political national conventions several years ago, they voted God out of their party. They booed God at the national convention for a main, mainline political party. Isn't that strange? Can you imagine? Well, that's hostility to God. All right? That's ho- what is hostile to God? It's something that's angry with God. It's something that blames God. It's something that says, we don't need you. It's something that says, we don't need God's wisdom. We'll do it our own way. Have you guys watched the economy and different stuff lately? That is, that is activity without God. I like what my dad said recently. It bears repeating. He said, no, the government, dad said, the government's good. I said, really? He goes, oh, yeah, the government itself, the idea of government. He said, he, what did he tell me? He said, the Constitution's a really good document, isn't it? I said, yeah, it is. He said, it's the people in the government that make it corrupt. The government itself, it's great ideas based on Scripture. But you got a lot of people who don't love God, and there, the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It is angry. It is against God. Okay? It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. Next verse. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. If you keep giving in to sin forever, you're not pleasing to God. Remember that. But you, look at this, I love this faith statement. You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are not in Jesus' name. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. But guess what? You have to give in to Him, don't you? You have to give in to Him. You are controlled by the Spirit. Let me read that again. If you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Wow. And Christ lives within you, right? By faith, once you've accepted Jesus. So even though your body will die because of sin, we could really get into that. Simplest way to put it is, Sin came down on us because of our ancestors, right? Good old Adam and Eve. Bless the Lord. They messed up in the garden. They got us kicked out of paradise. Don't be too mad at them. We'd have messed up if we were there. But because of sin now, we have to eventually die, don't we? Unless the rapture happens in our lifetime. Because of sin. Our DNA has devolved. Lifespans are shorter. And it all, it's all because of sin. That was never God's best for us to ever find, see death. I believe that. But Scripture says death entered into the human race because of Adam's decisions, Adam and Eve's decisions, all right? So Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. Oh, man, because you've been made right with God. You've, you've got eternity on the inside of you. Did you know Solomon had a revelation of this? He said God has placed eternity within our hearts. No matter who you are, no matter What you try to say about it, every human at one point thinks about what's going to happen after this life, even if they ignore it. They've thought about it before. Say, what's going to happen after this life? God has placed eternity in our hearts. And the Spirit gives you life. What? Because you have been made right with God. Isn't it good to be right with God? No guilt. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies. By the same Spirit living within you. Mm, Powerful. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation. Look at this. You're not a wimp. You're not a sissy. You don't have to give in to this. 
You're not a reed shaken by the wind. You have to bow. Uh-uh. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You don't have to give in to sinful desires anymore. You don't have to. You can have self-control. I've said this recently. I believe with my whole heart that self-control is central to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Because self-control can cause you to have faith. Say, no, I'm going to decide to believe. I don't care what's going on in my mind. I'm going to believe. No, nope, I'm going to love that person. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to be kind and gentle and patient. I'm going to control myself. For if you live by its dictates, you can't live by the sinful nature's dictates, right? You will die. This death is being separated from God. There's a physical death. There's an eternal and spiritual death. You will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Let's stop right there. Is that verse 13? You know the best way to get rid of an addiction? You can kill it by starving it. You say, man, I'm addicted to looking at rough videos and perverted stuff. Uh-uh, you want to you get rid of it? Starve it. Don't feed it. Those of you that, that came through substances and God delivered you from substances, what did you do? You starved that. You starved that addiction. You didn't feed it anymore. You said, I will not do meth anymore. I will not drink anymore. Whatever it was. I will not do that. Maybe it was as simple as cigarettes or alcohol or something. He said, I will not do that anymore. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. You say, man, I, I, I have a prescription or whatever. I'm not, I'm not even dealing with that. But that whole medical marijuana thing, don't you as a believer say, oh, Joe, don't justify stuff because it's legal. Remember, corrupt people run the government, and it's all about money, and it ain't going to work. It always brings in more problems. Don't you be smoking weed as a Christian. I don't think any of y'all do, but if you do, you need to let that go. You need to let that go, all right? You do not need to be messing with that stuff. That is a gateway drug. You've heard it before. It opens the door to all kinds of stuff. And I just know there's believers here in town now growing weed. What? Some people are like, praise God, man, return to the ghetto, man. We're about to, we're about to raise them. You can't eat, and there's signs out there that say you can't have weeds like this, but you can have this weed. Have you seen that sign? You can't have weeds in your front yard a certain height, but you can grow some weed in the backyard. Mm. I, you know what? It's, it's hard to render me speechless, and I'm going to just move on. <laughs> Come on, man. Farm it. The, you know you don't even have to be a street pharmacist anymore. There's one on every corner. Christian people growing weed. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, we're going to stop there tonight. You will live. You can put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. My mom was notorious for saying, Babe, die to that. Die to that desire. Die to it. Those of y'all that were in her Bible study, knew mom well, she'd say, die to that. You don't have to live to that. You can kill it off. That bad attitude, that unforgiveness, die to it. Die to the emotions of it. No, I have no. Die to the sinful nature. Let it be crucified with Christ and be done with it. You don't want to be messing with this stuff five years from now. If you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Scripture says it. I believe it. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes tonight, if you would. That's Romans 8.13 that we're closing with. You know what? Let's do, let's do Romans 8.14, if you don't mind. I want to close with that. I like that verse. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children 
of God. Praise God. Thanks for your patience. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your people. I thank you for their hunger, Lord. I thank you for their attentiveness. I thank you for their desire to be in your word. And I praise you because you are faithful. Is there anyone at the sound of my voice who needs to accept Jesus for the first time? I don't think we have anybody in here, but just in case, is there anyone in here you've never accepted Jesus in your whole life? If that's you, raise your hand. We're going to pray with you. Be bold. It's an important step. Is there anyone in here who says, I've never accepted Jesus, Pastor Matt? All right. Well, let's pray that prayer of salvation anyway for anyone listening to this message this Facebook Live or YouTube Live later on. Let's pray. Repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Without you, I'm just a sinner. Make me righteous now by faith. Say, I confess and believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And He lived and died for me. And He rose again. I believe. Say, I am saved from hell and from my past. In Jesus' name. Say, Jesus is my Savior. In Jesus' name. Let me pray over you real quick. Father, you're for your people tonight, speak to them. Speak to them in dreams and visions, through your word, through godly people. Speak to them through situations. Lord, call them back to your word. They are your people. They love you. Now, Lord, draw them close to you. As they draw close unto you, Scripture says, you will draw, draw close unto them. And they will seek you while you may be found. Lord, I pray that they never stop listening to your spirit, to their conscience, to the inner voice. I pray that they always seek you, and I know that they will. And one day they'll be in heaven, and they'll take their families with them by speaking the word and leading people to Jesus. Now, Lord, flow through them, be with them, encourage them, and remind them of your word. In Jesus' name.